Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Amandaman Games Podcast. This is episode 19 of my weekly gaming podcast where we discuss all things video games related. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes and to support the show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links, including the email, will also be in the description. So we have uh, quite a bit of news and things to kind of go over this week. Uh, The last week, a lot of stuff has been happening since the PS5 reveal event. I think there were like a number of general events uh, in regards to indie games and I think summer of gaming events on IGN and and just the the Jeff Keighley stuff as well. That was just kind of happening in terms of reveals and everything like that. So um, obviously, we're not going to be discussing every single game uh, that was kind of announced or or any gameplay stuff that was being shown on IG and stuff like that. Instead, we'll obviously just focus on a few news things and just interesting things that have been happening uh, on the background when it comes to the gaming industry as a whole. Um, I, I think I'm going to wait till the end to kind of talk about The Last of Us Part 2 uh, just because the reviews came in. I was pretty excited to kind of learn about that game and everything like that. And at this point, I think we all kind of have a good idea of of how that game is going to be in terms of what people think about it and everything like that. I myself, of course, uh, have pre-ordered the game. I will be playing it Thursday night, like midnight, as soon as it becomes available uh, in Canada. I'm going to start playing it immediately. So I'll probably have something to say about it uh, on my next next podcast. I should be done by then. I, I do want to kind of get through it quickly, just because I don't want anything to be spoiled. But at the same time, I don't, you know, I don't want to rush myself, you know. I feel like... There's so many, so many times when I'm playing a game and I just want to kind of get to the end really quickly, but I realize that I'm kind of ruining the experience because I, I sometimes I play a game and I take my time, but if I take too long with the game, I just kind of stop playing it. That's what happened with Persona 5 where I put in like nearly 30 hours in that game and it's like anytime I try to get back in, I'm just like, oh my God, like where do I start? Where do I go? But some of the other games, like some of the other games I'm going to talk about today, like Yakuza, for example, I start, I got into it. But it's, you know, I'm almost like trying to rush myself through that game right now, mainly because I'm like, oh, The Last of Us Part 2 is coming out end of this week. So I should be, I, I want to have a clear head. But, you know, that kind of ruins my experience. But we'll talk about that later on. So the first big thing that kind of got revealed recently uh, by a very well-known um, insider or just a kind of le- like a leaker in, in a way who has a lot of insight into Capcom's video games. Uh, this is basically the new story is that Resident Evil 8 was also being planned for PS4 and I guess also Xbox One, but the PS4 version has been cancelled, which I'm assuming also means that the Xbox One version is cancelled as well. So this is coming from PSU uh, by Adam Bryan. Uh, noted horror insider Dust Golem has taken to Twitter to offer some context as to why plans seem to have changed at Capcom with regards to Resident Evil 8's development. This is from Dust Golem's uh, Twitter account. Okay, I got some clarification on why they made RE8 next-gen only. When it was cross-gen previously, with the updated graphic fidelity uh, fidelity overhaul they're doing, which is still in progress, the way RE8 was designed to lead uh, lead to past-gen consoles having a lot of pop-in long texture loads. My bad, like in terms of how it, how it might be si- sounding, this is literally just copy-paste from Twitter, so... You know, if, if anything sounds off or anything like that, I'm, I'm just trying to read, <laughs> I read it off exactly as it is on the Twitter, Twitter account. Uh, load times. Uh, so basically it was having a lot of pop-in long texture loads and load times. Um, and because it ha- the game has you traveling through most of the village and has a lot of loading zones, right? Basically in the, in the, in the older generation at least. Because there's a bigger focus on exploration, this would lead to the last-gen console version having notable issues, and it was holding back how pretty they could make it. Um, so, they, they, so they decided to drop the last-gen versions of the game to make it so that the game has no loading at all, uh, and push the graph, graphic overhaul further. So it seems that that was like the main thing. I, I, don't, I don't know about the graphic overhaul thing um, in general because I feel like you, you, they can still kind of like somehow work it in there that you know they can. It, it did look really good in the PS5 reveal end for a reveal event for sure. But they can definitely um, kind of tone it down a bit for the last gen if, if they need to. I mean, we've seen that with The Witcher 3 and, and the Switch and stuff like that, right? I think it's made the load times. I can totally understand that um, the SSDs are a game changer, right? 
they do make a big difference, especially when you're making a game knowing that everything has an SSD. Uh, it's different when, you know, an SSD is available to you versus when you make a game with knowing, you know, that every console, wherever you put this will have an SSD, which is why I think a lot of PC gamers who already have SSD is perfect. But I think in PC gaming space, a lot of people will start moving towards getting uh, NVMe drives or SSD drives just because so many games will be designed around it that if you do play on a in, on a hard drive or like a regular hard drive, you might not have the best experience or you might just have like certain issues that, you know, we're currently unaware of. But I don't, I don't see this. I mean, I, I guess I shouldn't say that mainly because I know I'll be, I'll be buying a PS5 and everything like that. Um, so I understand that a lot of people that have supported Resident Evil, especially on the PS4 with Resident Evil 7, the, the remakes uh, 2 and 3, um, I can understand, you know, this might be disappointing if Resident Evil 8 doesn't come uh, to the PS4. Um, at the same time, it's exciting that this is a third-party developer that's actually saying that, no, we're, we're cutting off the last gen now itself rather than later. I mean, you, we've seen that Ubisoft, Ubisoft does it all, all the time and they're doing it right now with um, Assassin's Creed that the new Valhalla game is going to be on PS5 and PS4 and Xbox One and Xbox Series X, right? So they're already kind of doing that, and I'm sure that game could have been even better um, if they had focused only on next gen. But you know they don't want to leave that crowd behind because they know they can make a lot of sales there. Um, so the fact that Capcom is taking this approach and saying that no, we're we're actually cutting this cutting this off now rather than later, um, it's it's admirable in a way. You know, just that they, they are kind of trying to stick to the creative vision in terms of how they want this game to look and play and everything like that. And you don't really see. See that a lot with with third party developers, so I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of more excited to see how this game will look because when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, this game looks good. It's just like a prettier version of Resident Evil Seven. Now that we know that it's being built mainly for next gen, it's even more exciting, even more interesting, right? And I think that would be pretty cool to see how they kind of use all the features. You know, graphic-wise, of course, like Capcom does such a good job either way, but using SSDs as well, I mean, I, that's kind of what I'm more curious about. Uh, that's actually pretty exciting. Hopefully, we'll we'll hear more about this game and also just see, I just want to see more gameplay, actually. That'll be pretty cool to see. The next one, uh, which is unfortunate, but uh, I think it should be it should still be okay. Horizon Forbidden West, which is also Horizon, Horizon 2, in other words, uh, is not a launch PS5 game. This is coming from Matt Kim from IGN. Horizon Forbidden West was announced at the PlayStation 5 event last week and Sony has released a small follow-up dive into the Horizon sequel that reveals a few more tidbits. Namely, that Guerrilla Games, uh, Guerrilla Games is aiming for a 2021 release date. Horizon Forbidden West is the sequel to 2017's Horizon Zero Dawn, which is set in a post-apocalyptic world overrun by machine wildlife. Horizon Forbidden West will follow the protagonist Aloy as she ventures westward. Forbidden West director Matish De Jong shared the same trailer that was shown at the PS5 event, but offered some direct commentary. Uh, De Jong says that thanks to the PS5's SSD, there will be virtually no loading screens. So if you open a map to fast travel, you will be able to do almost in instantaneously. Uh, and yeah, I mean, okay, they're just going to talk about how this is not a launch title. Uh, this was, I, I think we kind of discussed this last time. I don't know if I kind of went too deep into it or if I kind of already talked about it then. But yeah, like I, I think the more you think about it and stuff, it does make sense, right? Because they are using Miles Morales, which we know at this point is a standalone game uh, and not like an expansion or a DLC or whatever. Um, it's more like Uncharted Lost Legacy. And that's the game that's, that's being released uh, with the PS5 for the PS5. It's basically a launch game, uh, even though they haven't, even if they haven't confirmed. I think having that um, and also in, in my, this, I, I still think it's going to happen. Obviously, I could be wrong. I still see... Ratchet and Clank being a launch game, and I also see Gran Turismo Seven being a launch game. So I, I I think seeing those three games, it does make sense that Sony is like, okay, let's why why are we why are we just compiling putting all these things together? Um, I I would have almost been okay with seeing Spider Man, uh, Miles Morales, Horizon, and then waiting to release Ratchet and Clank later. Uh, but I can understand that you know the approach is you wanna you wanna kind of give the sports fans something. So you have all these sports games, you have like a racing stuff, you have a uh, some good first party games like Spider-Man, stuff like that. And then you want some kids games as well, right? Like something like maybe Ratchet and Clank and that Astro Bot game, which is I think free with the PS5. I think it comes pre-installed from from what I read. Uh, so it, I mean, that's, that's fine. The fact that it's 2021 
is is also great. The fact that one one thing that they did say is that they are aiming for a 2021 release. Um, I don't know how how that makes me feel just because you know again this is not nothing against like the developers or anything like that. With with Sony, we have seen that they do have a habit of delaying uh, a lot of the games, and that's not to say that the developers shouldn't get more time. I think they should get more time, but it's because of things like this, where they kind of give a a, a year or a release date ahead of time, and then you know they they get to the last minute and they're like, okay, we gotta delay it. Okay, we're gonna delay it a little bit more, and that's kind of the things that I I don't appreciate as much. I think it's better if they if they were if they're using the words aiming for twenty twenty one right now. I would have preferred if they didn't even say anything. It would have been better if Guerrilla Games didn't say anything about the release date right now, and just say that oh, we're going to give more information about the release date later on or something like that, you know? I just don't see why they would say aiming for 2021 and then when they get to 2021, they'd be like, okay, no, it's actually going to be 2022 or something like that. I, I just I just see it already slipping into 2022 just by them using that term, uh, using those words and also just knew, knowing Sony's studios and their and their past history, right? doesn't mean that it doesn't actually release in 2021. It could, it could definitely release in 2021. But just something that I made note of, uh, just based on like the, the the way they talked about it. I hope that's not the case. I hope it does come out in twenty twenty one. But even if it does get delayed, that's perfectly fine. I'm sure like Sony has something other in mind or something just ready in the uh, on the on the sidelines, right, to kind of take up the space in twenty twenty one. They do seem like everything's been firing on all cylinders at at Sony right now when it comes to the studios. We still don't know what Sony Santa Monica is doing, so I'm pretty sure whenever the next event is. We'll actually get more games, more first-party games, more th- second-party games or third-party exclusive games uh, that we'll find out more about. And they'll kind of talk about the release dates with that. And I think that'll be pretty exciting. So the the, the fact that they're not going with Horizon as a launch game or as, as a launch window game, which is usually like around like three months after or three or four months after the console launches, the fact that they're not going with Horizon for that period tells me that they have some other big stuff planned. So that kind of does make me excited about the about Sony's whole approach to this. The next one is pretty big for for all Pokemon fans out there. Um, I was never, I never kind of got into this game or never even had the ability to play this game. I just never had a Nintendo sixty four. Uh, but the new Pokemon Snap game just got announced for the Nintendo Switch. So this is coming from Grayson Morales from Twinfinite. The Pokemon Company has announced a new Pokemon Snap title during a Pokemon Presents live stream today. The trailer, which you can watch down below, shows off new Pokemon from every region in glorious HD visuals with stunning environments. The title isn't Pokemon Snap 2, but instead a brand new title that's inspired by the Nintendo 64 game titled New Pokemon Snap. I hope it doesn't, I hope that's not the actual title. I'm pretty sure it's just Pokemon Snap. I don't know why it says new in there. Um, So the description from the eShop listing on Switch, travel to unknown islands with beautiful scenery like lush jungles and sandy beaches. The Pokemon pictures you take there will be used to build your own, a very own Pokemon photo decks. Photog- pho- photograph lively wild Pokemon in their natural habitats as you research and explore unknown islands. Journey through a variety of environments such as beaches and jungles to capture previously unseen Pokemon behaviors. The photos you take can also be used to fill out your very own Pokemon photo decks. Okay, we kind of talked about that already, so I don't know why I said it again, but this is pretty cool. Um, again, like I know, I was never really into this game. I never, I don't really have a history with this game, so I don't know, you know, what that kind of says in terms of, you know, it's, it's something that doesn't really excite me. Even after like hearing about it, just kind of going around an island and just taking photos. Uh, but I will say that, you know, I had this exact same view uh, about Animal Crossing, uh, not the the Switch one, but around New Leaf when New Leaf came out and people were raving and people were like so into it, and I was like, why do people like this? I just don't get it, and. When, once I got in, you know, and everything else is history, right? As you know about my love for Animal Crossing and even with uh, with uh, Horizon that we have, the new Horizons on on, on Switch, uh, um, Animal Crossing just kind of took over my entire life. So I can I can see that this can be a game like that because it does seem to have a big fan following. I don't know if it sold like crazy when it came out on Nintendo 64, but it never really, you know had a chance to kind of iterate on that concept of just kind of going around taking photos of Pokemon, stuff like that, and exploring. So because it was just on the 1064, and I think I think after that there was there were no other releases from what I can what's on, on top of my head. I could be wrong. But 
maybe this is a good way to kind of get a new generation of people into this game like you know including myself who never who are never like into this game uh, to begin with and it could be interesting i, I don't I, I do love pokemon in general i haven't i haven't i still haven't finished pokemon sword yet i need to get back into that i have too many too many nintendo switch games just sitting on my shelf that i need to kind of get through but i think as long as it has a cool gameplay loop if it's anything like animal crossing where you're kind of constantly progressing uh, you can share your stuff. You can maybe go to other people's islands. Maybe they can have something where some islands or some other, your friend's islands might have some Pokemons, whereas your island would have certain, certain Pokemons. And depending on, like kind of like Animal Crossing, depending on like the season, you might get different Pokemons here and there. And, you know, I, it could be more fun if they had, uh, like kind of add that kind of element to it. But we'll see. Obviously, we'll see what the whole gameplay loop is to begin with. You know, it could just be a repeat of what the Nintendo 64 version was, which I believe was like on the rail. You're like on the rail, just kind of moving through through the wildlife or whatever and just taking photos from what i can remember from the gameplay so obviously if it's that then i, I don't i probably won't be picking that up but we'll see we'll see when we find out more information uh so next one xbox series s is basically confirmed at this point this is coming from generation xbox by jose angel uh this is uh, i think this was actually the spanish version of the of the website or is it the spanish website i'm not sure just because when I clicked on the link, it kind of took me straight to the the Spanish website, and and so I had to use the Google Translate to kind of go through the go through the email, the the article, and so on the article it says on June twelfth, Microsoft registered several Xbox Series X related properties with the American Patent Office. Trademarks are not new, are not new games or something that can raise excessive expectations, but they do leave us with several clues about what they are looking for in Redmond with their new console again this is as you can kind of tell just as i'm going through this is all just through the google translation uh, but the main thing that they did patent from what i read is that one of the main properties that they registered is xbox series just plain like that xbox series so without the x anything like that so and uh this gives rise to that there will be more than one console under the nickname series right so this is something that we kind of already had an idea we already had a lot of rumors come out um about lockhart which is going to be their digital only version and will be power wise. Obviously, I don't want to speculate just because so far everything is coming true. But based on what, what we had read way back, um, it's supposed to be on par with a PS4 Pro when it comes to uh, GPU power. Obviously, it'll have current gen CPU. The CPU will be like will be really, really good. Um, it will also have an SSD and stuff like that. Uh, and it's going to be digital. So I think that's kind of what they're and seeing PS5 come out on their reveal event with a digital edition and the regular ps5 so we already know that ps5 has two SKUs. uh sony has two SKUs, and you know one's probably going to be around 499 the other one's probably going to be around 399 so xbox does need to kind of see what they can do to make sure that okay their lowest console is going to be 399 so we need to kind of undercut that right they need to kind of give us a reason saying that look you can get the sony's digital edition if you want or you can buy this one which is Two ninety nine. I I don't think it'll be two ninety nine. That that would be amazing if Microsoft does that. If Microsoft does that. They oh my god. Like I think they can really change the tide with, with all this. But I can see them kind of saying okay, let's do three forty nine with this one. And you know maybe they can use that as a way to kind of gain advantage on on Sony because of Game Pass and X Cloud and everything like that as well. So this is something where we know is coming. I remember I, I remember reading a rumor. I didn't put it on there um, just because. It was something I read, so I just want to bring it up. By the way, it's nothing. I mean, take this with a grain of salt, of course. But apparently, the the listing was kind of putting, I think, Series X as four ninety nine dollars, which will be amazing. I know that you know PlayStation Five has an amazing SSD, but the fact that Xbox Series X, which is this powerhouse in general, uh, because of GPU power and everything like that, and I I, I know I've read everything about how PS 5s I/O and the infrastructure and SSD is like way well above uh, anything out there right now and all that stuff i know that so it's, it's not like it's going to be a cheap console or anything like that but just in terms of just raw power and everything like that you know most people do agree that xbox Series x will be kind of in the lead and if they can come out and match ps5's like upper tier console you know that already is like okay wow this is you know this is pretty impressive and then with ps5 obviously having their you know digital version 399 then you know xbox coming in saying that oh that's a di digital version ours is even cheaper you know, and kind of kind of upping them once more. And I think that will be a, a good way for them to kind of get back um, at Sony. So it should be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to this July event. I don't think there's going to be anything console related, but we'll, we'll talk more about the July event and what I think 
um, Xbox should be doing, or hopefully I, I I do hope they do this because I love the competition between Xbox and Sony or PlayStation, I should say. Um, the next one uh, is w Mo- WB Montreal had a leak uh, for the new Batman game. I know we've been speculating about this for so long. Nothing's been shown. Even now, nothing's been shown. People were thinking we're going to see something on the PS5 reveal event. Uh, so this is coming from PSU. This is from the PSU staff. An image from the new Batman game from WB Montreal has potentially leaked online. And this was actually right before the PS- PS5 event, this leak kind of happened. Uh, the image showcases the end of what would be the trailer for the game featuring the Batman Beyond logo, uh, which has been spotted at WB Montreal Studio and the phrase Capture the Night. On top of that, the trailer only features the PS5 and PS4 logo. So it's obviously, it would be for a PS5, uh, for a PlayStation event, basically. That means um, the trailer also features a logo for Blur Studios who create professional cinematics and have a history with WB, creating the Arkham, Arkham Origin cinematic featuring uh, Deathstroke, Deathstroke and Batman fighting. On top of that, this could be the PS5 game that Dead Space writer Anthony Johnston was also teasing. So obviously we know that nothing was shown at the PS5 reveal event, which is unfortunate. At this point, I feel like most people have almost gone into this weird space where we're, we, it's like, you know, you, you're just, you just don't care anymore. It's because it was teased too early. They kind of started ramping up the, the teasing and then this kind of just became really quiet. And I think... The problem with, with those kind of teases is that if you're teasing, just lead it to a small reveal at least. So at least we know there's a game, right? If they just they just say that, yes, there's a game and just show like a five second teaser and that's it, people will be happy. But the fact is that they teased it and then for the longest time, they didn't do anything after that. And even now they haven't done anything. So that kind of leads me to believe that there could either be an issue with, with development. So the game isn't at the point that it should have been which is probably why they start teasing initially and then they realize that, okay, yo, we need to uh, we need to kind of fix this or fix that. There might've been some issues and they're like, you know what? We're going to need more time. This game is not going to be ready for what the release is that we're aiming for, which is why they're like, all right, so just shut all this marking stuff down now, right? Like it's better to get, kind of be quiet. At the same time, obviously it could just be how they're approaching marketing. This is maybe just their elaborate plan of like, yeah, we're going to do this on purpose. Uh, I don't think they expected people to, kind of get to this point where it's like, okay, please just kind of show it at this point. We already know what it is. You know, like at this point, just be like, please just show me the thing. Just let me know the game exists. And that's it. We're done. But who knows like what will happen because it could be that even though we're reading that it, it, it's like a, they have like a marketing uh, exclusivity deal or whatever with PlayStation, it's possible. It might be at the July event for Xbox, right? It's very possible. Um, there's also going to be an event in August for Sony. Apparently maybe it's there. Right, maybe WB is gonna have their own event really soon. It might be there, so we don't know. Uh, I think the main thing is that at this point, just you know, just don't get your hopes too high with this game in general. I know everyone's excited, like I'm excited. I'm Batman is my favorite superhero, so I was really excited to. Well, I should say Aquaman and, and Batman, but still, Batman is like my my favorite superhero that way, like in, especially in gaming form at least. So I'm, I'm I was really excited to kind of see a new game just because it's been so long since Arkham Knight. But, you know, like, obviously, I, I would rather not want the developers to rush this game and give us a game that's, like, broken or or half-made and then, you know, be disappointed. Um, I would rather them just completely stay silent for a while, not tease anything. This is kind of what I was talking about with the, the, with the earlier thing as well with, with Horizon, right? Just don't say anything. Just don't say anything, uh, especially when it comes to the release or something like that. Like, just don't say anything right now. Just wait. And once they, they know that, okay... We can release this game in the next six months or so. Perfect. Start start ramping up then, right? I think that's so much more exciting because the lead up to that point is gonna get people excited and just ramped up rather than, oh yeah, there's a oh yeah, there's a Batman game. Oh yeah, there is a Batman game. Okay, I'll, is something else coming around that time? Uh, is okay, nothing else. I'll buy I'll buy Batman then, right? If something else is coming around that time, because again, sixty dollars is sixty dollars. That's not like a cheap amount, right? And especially if it is the way it's going, if it is leading to them releasing this game in like November or October. Like, it's not to say that people won't be buying it, but that's also the time when all the other games like Call of Duty, Battlefield, I don't know if Battlefield's coming out this year. I don't think it is. But like, you know, games like Call of Duty and all those fall games like Assassin's Creed and stuff like that, like will start coming out as well. So they're going to be trying to fight with with everyone at that time, right? And all, all uh, most of those games, Call of Duty, not, not yet, but at least with Assassin's Creed has already started their marketing stuff, right? They've already started building up the trailer and stuff like that. So I don't know. I think like, I, I, from what I can tell, I think this game is not coming out in 2020. That's just my prediction. I think what, what's happened is that they realized that the game isn't as far as they would like when it comes to development. 
and they're they're just kind of taking things back. They want to kind of go back to the drawing board maybe to fix things, or they're just saying, okay, we just need more time. So it's better to release this game in 2021 rather than releasing a game that's like half broken. And I think that's that's respectful that, you know, they can just take a step back. And that's probably why we haven't heard or read or anything about that. Which Obviously, we still hear rumors like this, but I think that's what's most likely happening. But, you know, I could be wrong. Maybe next week they'll announce it and I'll be obviously back on the podcast being like, yeah, nope, okay, they announced it, so the game's coming out soon. The next one is Rocksteady, you know, the original creators of the Batman Arkham franchise uh, for the video game series. Uh, Apparently, they're working on a Suicide Squad game. So we've kind of heard rumors about this here and there. And apparently, it was like there, they got canceled. There was a Superman game that got canceled. Uh, But Imran Khan from Kinda Funny, uh, who's, again, very well-respected in in the industry. He used to work at Game Informer before before Kinda Funny. Um, He kind of talked about how on on the podcast, he kind of talked about um, Rocksteady's new game is, is being most likely Suicide Squad. And this was reiterated by Jason Trier on Reset Era. So on Reset Era, I think some people just made up a uh, made a thread kind of talking about this possible game coming out. And people were like, not some people were just confused, like, okay, what will this game be? Why this game? Stuff like that. And Jason Trier just kind of came on and literally just wrote, remember when everyone freaked out about how awful a Mario plus Rabbids hybrid sounded and then it turned out to be one of the best games of that year so you know the fact that he even commented on that first of all is kind of like saying a lot and then the fact that he wrote this rather than saying that nope this is completely untrue or something like that um, because Jason tries very straight to the point when it comes to these things so it, it's great to it's great to kind of see like he's kind of you know kind of adding the tease along with it but just kind of confirming it almost it, it's it's exciting what what worries me is that the other um, rumors were that Rocksteady's new game will be a games as a service game. And that could be great. Like I, I play Destiny quite a bit. I've played Rainbow Six Siege quite a bit, right? But the same reason why I'm very skeptical skeptical of, uh, of Marvel's Avengers is why I would be skeptical of Suicide Squad when it comes to games as a service, right? I get what they're doing, that they want to, like, they're going to have a story and everything like that. But then to make it a game as a service, they have to keep adding stuff. They need to monetize it in some way. They need to kind of add like, you know, costumes and and all these like um, uh, cosmetics and stuff like that. Or I don't even know. I don't even know what they're going to charge us for, right? Maybe it'll be dances or something like that. But that's the thing. That in my brain for a superhero game, right? That just ruins my image of the overall game and that overall world, right? If God of War came out, like, like you know, and, and we I played through it, and they kind of found a way to make that as a game as a service. And like, you know, obviously they could have like a, a trial thing or whatever, but let's say they added something where now you can make creators do dances or you can get like weird cosmetic things. You know, you, you can wear like a, a, a monster shirt, monster energy drink shirt or something like that. It just, it will just ruin the the, the whole world and the, the whole game for me, you know, in a way. Like, like I just, I just, I don't know that. Maybe that's my opinion. I think maybe a lot of people will be like, no, this is actually perfect. This will be, a good way to kind of keep doing the game and everything like that. That was just kind of my opinion. Sometimes I'm 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 okay with having a game which is 15, 20 hours long in terms of story and it's a good game, well thought out game. Like Crystal Dynamics have done have done this in the past. Not like they haven't done this before. They've done this with uh, Tomb Raider, Rise of Tomb Raider, um, and Rocksteady, of course, with the Batman Arkham franchise, right? Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight. I, they've done this, so maybe it's maybe it's pressure on them from the publisher, you know, saying that, no, we want you to make a game that will kind of be like a cash cow. We'll keep getting the money like Fortnite and, and Rainbow Six Siege and Apex Legends, stuff like that. Just keeps kind of giving them money or, you know, maybe they're, maybe this is the developers themselves saying that, no, if we have a game to the server, this is kind of like their way of securing, uh, you know, their, their jobs in a way. Right. Cause I think that's something that a lot of us don't think about is uh, a lot of times, you know, they're working on these projects and stuff will fall through, but, if they have a game that's always going, which is kind of what we saw even Ninja Theory do with Bleeding Edge, and I think Bleeding Edge wasn't that successful, unfortunately, from from what I've seen at least from the numbers. But you know, it was kind of they have like Bleeding Edge, but then they can obviously work on single player games like Hellblade Two. But they have a game like that that will just kind of keep giving their money, have have people working on it and stuff like that, right? So I can see that certain companies are like, okay, no, but what if we do this and and make a game like that that will just kind of keep giving us stuff over time. And this will allow us or give us more time to be able to work on other stuff freely, not worrying about our jobs or about us not hitting a certain revenue quota or something like that, you know? 
uh, like obviously this is just I don't I don't know how it works internally in a, in a game development studio like that. I'm just kind of speculating based on you know what I read and all the articles I read and stuff like that. But I can understand that you know that might be a lot of pressure coming on them. So it could be that that could be the main reason why they're aiming for Suicide Squad to be a, a games as a service. I can totally see them going the Destiny route, saying that okay, same as same as Avengers actually, saying that okay, everyone can be a different member of the Suicide Squad. And you know you go all going against up, up against a villain, but again, right? Like when I what I loved about Batman: Arkham Knight was you know when you're fighting against Deathstroke, when you're fighting against any you know even Joker in like Asylum and and, and City, uh, you know like when you're fighting against these villains, it's it's like you versus them. It's it's intense. It's cool. You're using everything you've learned at that point. When it when it adds like a, a this multiplayer element, it takes away because I'm just trying to figure out like how they will make the combat engaging, right? When you're, if, if I'm just, I'm just using it as, as an example. Obviously, it's not like these will be the actual people in the game, but let's say it's like you're fighting against Bane, right? We got Bane. He's all buffed up. He's ready to k- kick our asses. And then on our side, we have like, you know, maybe we have Deadshot. Maybe we have Harley Quinn. And so, it, it, you know, we're just kind of attacking him from the side. Is it going to be like, you know, Remnant from the Ashes or or De- even Destiny? We're all we're just kind of just bullet sponging that dude from far away. Where Harley Quinn would just go in, hit him a couple of times. We just see numbers pop up above him, numbers, numbers, numbers. Move away, and that's it. And you're like, oh, he's doing a spin move. All right, stay back. All right, he's doing a spin move. All right, let's go back in area because some area effect move here. We'll do this there. We'll freeze him here somehow. Like it'll just it'll just make the game too not really RPG ish, but I I don't know. It it almost like MMO style, right? Which is good for MMO games, but for a game like this where you know, you feel that almost like intimate connection when you're fighting a boss and it's like a boss fight and you're like, oh my God, here it is. Here we go, right? It just kind of takes away from this when you're kind of having to deal with other people, other like multiplayer people like around you and stuff, you know? So that's gonna, that was just like what I kept thinking about it when I was like, oh, Avengers coming out in September, that should be a pretty fun game. And like, I saw the gameplay and I'm like, oh, this is fun. But wait, I mean, we've only seen them fight against regular people, which is fine. But and, and the gameplay looked okay. It wasn't like uh, uh, amazing. But I'm like, okay, but what about what, what? What if they're like fighting like Thanos or something? What will that be like? You know, like when you saw whoever's watched like Avengers: Infinity War or or Endgame, when you see them fight Thanos, right? Like I, I that's the level of fight that I had in my brain for an Avengers uh, video game. But we now that we know it's like a games as a service game, and they have like they're gonna add stuff. They're gonna they're gonna allow you to play games multiplayer stuff like that. It kind of makes me go like, oh man, like. So is it just going to be us like kind of punching Thanos, but Thanos is just kind of standing there and there's just num- numbers popping off of him and stuff like that. Like how will the combat feel and stuff like that? I don't know. I think maybe that's just my worry. I just worry about when they make stuff, games as a service, it just kind of takes away from the game. I was hoping that, like I understand that they want to make a games as a service stuff, but it would have been completely okay for them to, you know, make something else, like make maybe like a new IP and, and make that as a games as a service and, and keep this single player. Uh, you know, and maybe maybe having that IP, of course, right? That, like, the more you think about it, having the Suicide Squad name, having the Avengers name attached to a game like that, a game to the service game, obviously will get you more sales, right? It'll get you get more people to even come in and try it. So I can see why they're using this as a way to kind of get in there, um, get the game into people's hands. But I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little skeptical to, like, just knowing that it's going to be a game to the service thing, but... Of course, like I haven't seen the game. None of us have seen the game. This game has not even been announced. So I could be completely wrong. And even on top of that, even the Avengers thing, Avengers might come out and might rock our world. And I'll be like, oh my God, like this is the best game ever. I'm going to play this game all the time. And I'll I'll eat my word at that point for sure. So next one is uh, the last big thing for for, for today. Uh, since the last of us part two, the reviews came out last week on Friday. It's sitting on a 96 on Open Critic and in 96 on Metacritic. So uh, we can say that we can officially say that it is a masterpiece. Of course, there were some reviewers, some reviews that were kind of all over the place in terms of uh, they were getting tens. Some some of the reviewers were completely against their depiction of violence and um, and the 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 kind of way they're depicting the entire story of how people are, you know, so angry and vicious and 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 kind of treat people in such a such a weird almost sadistic way you know i i and because I, I was reading some of the some of the re- reviews and stuff like that obviously i didn't want to re- read too much but i did re- i did read through a number of them just to kind of get get a, a, an overall perspective of the game from all sides 
uh, people that were giving in the low scores, people that were giving in the high scores, you know, and it does seem to be kind of divisive that way. It's kind of, it, it does remind me of, of Death Stranding in a way, but, but even Death Stranding, right? Death Stranding, I feel like was still divisive more on the, on the, on the, on the left side of the review scale. It was more like, all right, people giving it six and seven and 10, but it was like, okay, right in that middle was like that. And, and, you know, like in, in this case, I feel like it's like 80 to 90 or 95 percent of people are all giving it like tens and nines and whatever. And there's like this small, small percentage of people that were like, no, this is this is horrible. They should this is this game is showing uh, too much violence or um, their depiction of, of, of just Ellie and this entire world is, is too vicious and everything like that. And especially with everything that's happening around around us at this moment. Right. I can understand that a game like this might not, you know, might not be for everyone. Uh, you know, of course, that's not something that's you know, the developers fault. It's not like the developers knew all the stuff would happen. So I can understand that, you know, on the developer side, it's like, okay, like this was a game that was, you know, obviously first came out in 2013. So it's continued that story. And, and it is their vision. It is Neil Druckmann and his, and his crew and his, and his team, the vision of this game. So I can understand that, you know, it's hard to kind of be like, all right, you know, this is all happening. Let's pivot everything now because everything, all this stuff just happened in the last few months. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think it's important to kind of, look at all all the reviews looking look at all the scales right i think um i had people on on instagram also message me um about about last of part two because i knew knew how excited i was about the game and you know the main thing is that it's important to look at all all sides but at the end of the day if you're a big fan of the last of us and you're looking for the look you were looking forward to the last of us part two you saw the trailers and you like what you saw you're you're gonna enjoy the game right it's not it's not like if you enjoyed The Last of Us, this game is gonna make you go like, nope, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not good with this. I don't like this game anymore, right? All the, all the bad points were mainly to do with how violent the game was, and I think certain story elements uh, of the game, right? Other than that, when it comes to the gameplay and overall experience as a game, it doesn't seem to be that bad, or it doesn't seem to have that sort of issues. So I think like my main suggestion would be read. All sides of reviews. Obviously, if you want to avoid um, spoilers in general, just kind of you know, just just skim through it at least. Just get through, just get through the major points and stuff. But definitely read all sides. You know, sometimes I understand if you're a big fan of a video game, in your mind it's like, no, I don't want to. No, I love this game. I'm I'm just gonna focus on the tens. It's like okay, that's fine. But you know, if someone gave it a one or a two, read that. Like check that out. Why? Like what? You know, it's good to get different perspectives. I think like what the world has shown us at this point, it's very important to get different perspectives all the time, right? And it's important to understand, oh, okay, you know, like this is what's happening here, this is what's happening here. And then you yourself can make an informed decision based off of that, you know, rather than just saying, okay, no, this game's getting 10 out of 10s and that's it, game over. That's all I need to know. Um, so that's why I think that's one of the things that I wanted to kind of say about, about those review scores. I mean, overall, as you can see, it's a 96. Like in my eyes, from from what I've read and what I've seen, it looks like it looks like a ten out of ten. Again, this is based again like, like this is because I'm already hyped for the game. I'm already a big fan of the game. I just finished The Last of Us Remastered on on my stream, uh, so I'm pretty excited for the game, right? So that way, I'm I'm like okay, like I understand uh, people's stance on on the violence in the game, but at the same time, you know, it, this is just that world. That's kind of how I saw it in the first game. That's why how I saw what the the developers were trying to do with that game. So I can, so for in my brain, I'm like, okay, I understand that's what's being shown. So I, I understand it. And th that's kind of how I'm going to go in with Last of Us Part 2. So for me, it wasn't like seeing the gameplay, even like the gameplay um, trailers and stuff that they released and seeing like how, you know, Ellie was kind of just mowing down people or, or going through people. It didn't at that point, you know, in any way surprise me. I was like, okay, this is literally how I saw the first game. When I played through the first game, this is literally what was going through my mind that this is how Joel is. This is how just Joel is just like killing people left and right. Even like, you know, even though there are options where you can kind of go through them, but certain story elements just kind of, just kind of push you over and you're just kind of mowing down people as you go, you know? And I, for me, that's kind of how I viewed that game. And I'm like, okay, I understand where they're going with this one. So I'm pretty excited about Last World Part 2. I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna start playing that as soon as it, it's out on my PS4. I pre-ordered it digitally. So I'll go straight at 12 a.m. and I'll I'll try to finish that uh, as quickly as possible. Or I'm gonna take my time and you know, being kind of talk, give you my review and you know, give you my honest opinion. Because even though games are people are giving it nines or tens or twos or threes or fours or whatever, 
Um, it's possible that I might play it and I'll be like, you know what? It's, it's a good game, but it's, a, it's like a seven. It's like a 7.5, right? You never know. So I'm, I'm excited to try it out and I'll definitely kind of talk about it uh, next week, at least like my initial impressions up to that point. So from that, we can move on to the games that I have been playing. So I, like I kind of talked about, um, I've been playing The Last of Us. Again, what a really great game. Uh, definitely has some gameplay issues, in my opinion. Certain parts of the game were a little frustrating, uh, just in terms of the responsiveness of the controller and, and just your characters in general. But overall, it was still a fun game. Uh, the aiming is kind of like the same as, as Uncharted. I, I it's, it's, not, it's not the greatest. It could be better. But I don't know. I feel like it's, it's been done on purpose in a way just to kind of, you know, make you feel more tense as you're kind of going through, right? I think that was one of the main things with those old school horror games. Um, they would make they would have those tank controls because the tank controls actually make you more uh make you panic more and same way with like the inventory management stuff so i, I don't i i think it was done on purpose obviously if it wasn't that's you know my bad <laughs> but that's gonna uh, that's gonna how i saw it uh but yeah like the gameplay I'm, i am hoping that just aiming and stuff like that and just like that shooting mechanic has improved a little bit in, in the last was part two again from what i've read it seems like it's, it's it feels good but again, once I get it in my hand, it'll be a different story, right? I'll, I'll know at that point. Um, the other game I've been playing is Everybody's Golf. And this is actually a really, really fun game. I got it because it was on, on sale. It was like $14. And this has quickly become like my go-to guilty... It's not a guilty pleasure, I think. It's not... Well, yeah, why would it be a guilty pleasure, right? Just like... It's like my new friends. You know, like the friends is like my show that I kind of watch like here and there uh, when I don't have anything else to watch. Uh, it, it, that's the same thing with everybody's golf. Sometimes I'm just sitting and I just don't know what to play and I'm just going to go on everybody's golf for a bit and I play that for a little while and it's such a fun game. It's really easy to get into. The game is very, um, it, it's kind of arcadey. So of course, like, don't expect like a PGA Tour kind of game. Um, it has multiplayer elements. You can kind of, you, you're almost like ranking up or leveling up your character as you go through the single player type of stuff. Um, and it's very easy to teach, which which is what I noticed. I got my girlfriend to try it out and she got into it really quickly. Like the first round, uh, I beat her because obviously like I played the game for a while and she was just playing it. But the second round, she actually won. She actually won that won that game, right? So it is, what I, it was so easy to kind of teach her, being like, oh, this, these are the buttons. This is what you do. You're going to move it this way. You're going to move it that way and done. Everything is set, right? And since that since that point, she just knew how to kind of get into the game. It was really quick to to get into so like, I don't know, I think the, the game is still on sale. If you're even remotely interested in golf, uh, this is definitely a, a, a buy. Um, if you've played those Hot Shots golf games like in the, in the past, I think this is definitely worth it because this is basically Hot Shots golf, right? It's called Everybody's Golf now. And yeah, it's, it's a really fun game. Definitely worth your time. And the last game I've, I've kind of just, I kind of talked about a little bit, a little while back. Uh, I just started playing this is Yakuza Zero. So Yakuza Zero is really great. Um, I've always heard really great things about it. I bought the game a while back, but I just never got into it or never just, I just never started it up. And it was just something about it that just kind of called to me and I started playing and yeah, like I'm, I'm like really enjoying it. The story is really cool. Uh, the world's really cool. The combat is actually really, really fun. I, this is one of the games, like it kind of reminds me of those RPG games where you're kind of moving your, you're kind of making your way through like an area and then, you know, you always have like an encounter and most of those, most of those RPG games, I get really annoyed because I'm like, okay, can you just please let me go to like my story area, right? Like, can you just let me move so I can get to the story point and I can continue the story. But in this case, I just like, I always love just getting into fights because it's so fun. It's like, it's basically like Devil May Cry kind of fighting style, obviously, but you're using your fist and you're able to kind of grab stuff off the ground to kind of hit people, whatever. And like, it has like really cool special moves and stuff like that as well. And everything looks so stylized. And the gameplay is also just not that. It's other stuff like where you're investigating things, you're you're like, you know, you're meeting people, you're talking to them, you're interrogating them. And it's really cool. Like I was surprised by how, by the scope of the game. I didn't expect the scope to be this much. Right? I didn't expect the game to be this varied in it, when it comes to this gameplay. So if you haven't tried Yakuza 0, uh, this is like, I think the perfect place to start off because it is a prequel to the entire series. So that's kind of why I jumped on, jumped on with this before, before any other ones. And if I finish this in time, um, obviously it depends on how much I play this week. And of course, when Last of Us Part 2 comes, I probably won't be playing this for a little while, but I'll probably try to jump into Yakuza 1 after this and then Yakuza 2, stuff like that, and just kind of go through the entire series, hopefully, over time. Probably take me a really long time because it is, it is a pretty long game. All right, so we're going to move on to the unputdownable topic for the week. So this topic obviously kind of stems from last week's PS5 reveal event. Uh, and the unputdownable topic is how will Microsoft respond to Sony's P5 
PS5 reveal event. So PS5 has kind of come out swinging. They had a lot of amazing announcements, Spider-Man, Horizon, Ratchet & Clank, uh, the console itself looking really cool, the console itself having a digital version. So now I think Microsoft is kind of taking, has to, you know, on the, on the back foot right now, they're, they're up next when it, I think in July, I don't think they have an event in June, but in July, I think they're up next. And I think it's important for them to kind of take everything that they learned from the first one, which was a little bit of a miss and also take a lot of stuff from PS5's event and what worked there and just kind of just come out swinging at this point. And, you know, one of the, one of the main things I think they need to focus on is games first and second party games of course so from the studios just show us something show us trailers show us titles show us something you know just give us something in in general so that people get excited for the xbox brand uh, you know people need to know what they're investing in you can't tell people that we have studios working or something and just pe people expect people to go blindly into that look at what happened to google stadia right google stadia promised so much when it comes to oh yeah we have all these studios working on this we have all all these people working on this and that and this and then Google Stadia is obviously struggling right now, right? Um, I think that's what Microsoft needs to understand is that they need to announce stuff. They need to kind of talk about what the studios are working on. Um, at this point, even if it is a teaser trailer, most people will even take that, right? It's not like Horizon or Spider-Man came out with gameplay. They obviously said gameplay trailer. We don't know how much of it is gameplay, how much of it isn't, right? But even if they come out with something like that, it will go a long way to get people more excited about the Xbox brand. Um, the other thing is I, I, I do want Microsoft to kind of show more stuff that is story-based, right? They have been having a big focus on games as a service uh, type of stuff, you know, with Bleeding Edge, the grounded game that's coming out with Obsidian, which is looking like it's going to be a game as a service thing. Uh, I I think, and of course, Halo Infinite as well, right? Let's be honest, Halo Infinite is supposed to have a sto like big story, but after Halo 5, you know, everyone's a little skeptical. I'm a little skeptical. I'll, uh, I'll, see, it, I'll see what this is first and then make my judgment. But, you know, it is... At that point, it is kind of like in my brain, it's kind of automatically, okay, how, how, like, how are you going to monetize this? Like, what's the plan? Is it, we have this multiplayer, uh, we have a season pass, you have a battle pass, stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like, I, I love the Halo multiplayer, but what about the story? Did you focus on that? Is that a big focus? How, how good is the story? What's been done there? Is it like a five hour storyline? Is it like a 12, 15, 20 hour storyline? You know? So I just, I just want them to kind of focus more story because they have some amazing characters on their side, on the Microsoft brand, and, you know, Ori in the Blind Forest and World of Wisp did really well, but, you know, I just kind of keep thinking about, like, what they can do with, with and, and bring back Master Chief in a big way. They're already doing a great job with Gears, uh, but, you know, I, I don't know, my Master Chief was such a big influence on me when I was growing up, especially on the 360 when I played Halo 3 and just kind of complete the entire game in one sitting, and I couldn't stop playing, and I was just so in love with that game. I just loved Master Chief, and you know, even ODST and, and Halo Reach. So I'm just, I'm just hoping that, you know, they kind of take that into consideration that these worlds aren't like, it's, it's not, it's okay for a game to end. You know, it's okay for a game to be 12, 15, 20 hours long and it ends there and you have an amazing experience that you take with you, right? I, like I played God of War once in 2018, played like 30 or 40 hours worth of it, you know, did my platinum and I finished the game. I'm like, all right, I'm done. Last of Us Remastered, same thing. Spider-Man, same thing. Last of Us Part 2, I'm going to do the same thing, right? It's like I played through it and I'm done. But like in no way does it make me go like, yeah, God of War was okay. Or like, you know what? When God of War 2 comes out, I'm not going to buy that. No, it, instead it makes me go like when God of War 2 comes out, I'm going to be first in line to pick that game up. I just, I it's, and I understand that they want obviously like, you know, games as a service type stuff as well. And they can, they're working on that, right? You can have other teams working on that. But I just want them to kind of focus on big story-based games and have games of service stuff on the side. But right now, at least for this event, showcase that story games, right? Games of service stuff, maybe one or two, like just show tidbits here and there, but otherwise just focus on the story stuff. Say that, look at this, look at the worlds we're creating. This is our, this is going to be our horizon. This is going to be our God of War. This is going to be our Bloodborne. You know, I want them to kind of come out like that, come out something like that and get people excited. Um, Focus on showing gameplay. This, this is, I think, a given with them showing some of these games. I think they do, after the first event, they do need to show gameplay at this point, uh, especially since PS5 has come out and showed gameplay in general with, with their event, even if it's not all the exclusives and stuff like that. I think I think Microsoft now, this time around, needs to actually come out and show proper gameplay, maybe with a HUD or something like that. 
I obviously that was a misstep on their part just because the marketing wasn't wasn't done right. Um, but hopefully, I think they probably learned a lot a lot from this from that experience, and they know this point. They like Microsoft is one company that you know when they make a mistake, they learn from it. So they they will take this to the uh, uh, to like everyone who needs to know and everything like that, and make sure that you know a lot of gameplay is put into their into their event this time around. Um, the focus on technology should be limited. One thing that I always noticed was sometimes like I like all this SSD talk, this GPU talk, and everything like that. Twelve teraflop, this and that. Just uh, for at least for this event, leave that on the side. Let's just focus on games because that's why we buy the console. We don't. I'm, I'm not buying the game for the SSD, uh, the console for the SSD. I'm not buying it for the GPU. Uh, like I don't. I, I don't buy it for the PS5 I/O interface that makes everything revolutionary or whatever. You know, I'm buying the console for the video games. So let's. Let's just reduce the technology talk for at least this one. You know, maybe talk about it like later or something, but just for this one, you know, at least. Um, I think what would be really cool is if they kind of double down on on Project X Cloud and they actually release it a little bit earlier or or before uh, the launch of the new consoles, just to kind of give them a bit more steam and just because it will get the Xbox brand into more people's hands earlier. So it's almost like a marketing thing in my in my mind where I'm if they if they release it on phones if they release it on your TVs you know if your TV has an Android or whatever uh, and just release it on like a number of things and people have like free trial stuff like that they just kind of get into that Xbox brand and just Xbox as a whole right and they might be playing on their on their on their phones stuff like that and they enjoy it but they're like hey I can't always be connected to the Wi-Fi I can't always be connected to my LTE whatever it's gonna take up all my data and then they'll be like you know what. I have my games here. Why don't I just get an Xbox that's coming out in holiday, right? And I'll I'll just I can just transfer everything. Hopefully they, you can transfer everything. I think you should be able to. But I can just transfer everything and just kind of pick it up from there. Or they can just buy the Xbox Lockhart, right? Which is going to be like a cheaper version. So I think that it will be a very good marketing approach if they release X Cloud before the holiday season, before the the new consoles come out. But like that's just my opinion. That's just what I think they could do. Uh, another thing they could try to do is kind of talk about. Xbox Game Pass, and just kind of talk about how they should have. Maybe they could have like a tier approach, where because it's it's, it's already pretty cheap, right? I, at least in Canada, I think it's like twelve or fifteen dollars, maybe. Um, I I think if you get the ultimate version, it's like nineteen dollars or so. So you know what I was thinking in terms of tier approach was kind of like how how Netflix does it with their thing, where there's like the HD thing, where there's Ultra HD stuff like that. Maybe they can do a similar thing where they're with where the with the Xbox games or whatever, you know. I don't know obviously how they will do it, but maybe the game doesn't only works to a certain resolution. Obviously, that works more with with Project X Cloud. The more I think about it, but I just had like a tier approach in terms of just kind of giving more pricing options. I don't know how that will work exactly, but just having different pricing options will also allow more people to get in, right? Especially like like I said, like it, it you know, we might not think. That ten dollars, fifteen dollars is a lot for people, but it is right. It is it, especially with everything that's happening right now. Um, if you can have like almost like an Xbox Game Pass version just for sports, and that's five dollars or four dollars, and you can get all the sports titles on the Xbox thing, or like a fighting version, or an action adventure version, right? Depending on the genre, I think that could be a really cool, cool way to kind of break it down. But like, again, that was just something I was just spitballing. I just kind of put it out there. Just kind of just came into my mind. They definitely need to announce more third-party exclusives. And you know exclusives with big developers. So get like Square Enix and like one of their teams to kind of do something really cool, like kind of how Sony is doing with Project Athia, um, and do something really cool with Xbox. Maybe get From Software to release a exclusive game for the Xbox, the same way how Bloodborne is on PS Five, right? Like I feel like if they can get some third party people to to make these exclusive games that you can only play on Xbox and will be available on Xbox Game Pass. You will get so many subscribers because of that, right? Because right now Xbox can only rely on their own studios for Xbox Game Pass and selling that as a whole. But if they can get third-party stuff, they can get Capcom to make an exclusive game. They can get Score Annex or someone, you know, like some maybe even make a deal with Rockstar somehow. Like I think that would be a big, big win for them, and that could actually push them even further than Sony because at that point, at, at the least, you will have people subscribe to Xbox Games, uh, Game Pass, or even X Cloud. And at this point, it seems like they just want to be the Netflix of gaming. They just want to be Netflix now, right? So that will be the, that's the step in the right direction at that point. Uh, they should, I, in my opinion, because Sony kind of showed the console and then they showed the digital version as well. I think to counter that, Xbox should show uh, the price, should announce the price, because we already kind of know Xbox has a digital version. But if they show the digital version, it, it won't have the same kind of 
kind of a, you know, kind of I don't know, like a like a punch to it in a way, just because Sony did it, and then Microsoft's like, oh yeah, we're doing it too. It's like okay, cool, right? We kind of already knew about it in a sense, but okay, that's cool, right? But I think if they came out saying that this is our console, maybe this is the digital version. Here's the price, you know, and the price is kind of set, and then we know that if they go for a price that is what we were expecting. Um, Sony to kind of price their PS5 at it puts PS5 or Sony at a at a very peculiar position because then they'll be like oh my god if they're putting if they're making the Xbox Series X and they're selling it for four nine nine and uh, Sony might not be ready to take the loss and they already plan to re- release PS5 at four nine nine it's gonna push Sony a little a little bit back and they have to kind of rethink things right on their side because they will have to take a lot of losses on their side as well then so I I think like that could be a good way to kind of come up front and say this is the price you know here we go be ready or even even somehow just be like you know what pre-order the live go ahead and put it out there and stuff like that people just start going crazy and pre-ordering and stuff I think that could be pretty cool as well but I think announcing the price of console could be a way a very uh, a, a way to kind of just kind of punch back at at Sony uh, they should definitely have something more than Halo uh, as a launch title um, obviously I know they'll probably have Forza or something like that some sort of sports game. But, you know, like, I think something akin to Ratchet and Clank or uh, maybe even Spider-Man, just something like something else, something like third party or a third person action adventure kind of a game, something exclusive, right? I think they just need to have something more than just Halo. Halo, unfortunately, just does not have the same kind of, uh, some, same kind of pull that it had a while back, unfortunately, from, you know, just because of everything that's happened with Bungie leaving and then Halo 4 and Halo 5 uh, not being up to standards. Halo 4 was still pretty good, but Halo 5, yeah, definitely... I, I think it would be it would be a, a a big a big thing for them to make sure that they have something more than just Halo Infinite at launch, uh, and yeah, the main thing obviously I I think I kind of put this in, in in bold as well on my on my document they should give people a reason to buy an Xbox's con uh, Xbox console this holiday right at the moment every time they talk about Xbox it's always like yeah but you don't need an Xbox for that you can just buy an Xbox One or you can just have an Xbox One X. Oh yeah, you don't need an Xbox for that. You can just have xCloud. Oh, you don't need an Xbox for that. Just get Xbox Game Pass on your PC. You know, every time I hear about it, it's always like, no, you don't You don't need an Xbox console. It's like, I get what they're doing, right? They are being very consumer friendly that you don't need to buy, just join our ecosystem, which is great. But as a, as a console seller, it's not, you know, it's not going to sell consoles. They need to give you a reason to be like, look, it's going to be great on your PC, but this is why you need to buy the Series X. Look, it's going to be great on xCloud, but this is why you should have the lock card instead. You know, like, they just need, so far, I haven't seen anything from them saying that this is why you need the console. So far, it's always like, you should get the console, it's really powerful, but hey, if you have an Xbox One or Xbox One X, you're good. You're good for the next two, three years. You're good. No problem. Everything's going to be backward, forward compatible, stuff like that. You know, it, it's, I just don't, I don't know if that's a worthwhile approach, especially seeing when PS5 literally kind of reiterated multiple times on their, on in their event that they take generation, generational approaches and they're, they're, very focused on that because they believe in that approach. They believe in selling you a console that is a big step above from the previous console and games that are only exclusive for that console, which is why PS5 was like the most watched thing or whatever the stats were. And people were like, were crazy, like excited about PS5. People are ready to like, I, on my group messages, my, my friends that were interested in, in the Xbox are now kind of shifting to PS5 saying that, oh my God, there's a new Spider-Man game coming out. All right, you know what? PS5 it is. I'll just, I'll just get Xbox Game Pass or something else like later, you know? So I, I don't know, I, I just, I don't know, in maybe in Microsoft's, Microsoft's side, in, in terms of their analytics and what they believe on their side, maybe they're like, you know what, yeah, we don't care, we we just want people to join Xbox Game Pass, we just want them to join Project X Cloud, we don't care about the, the console sales anymore. At that point, you know what, they're perfect, they're already, like, they're on point with everything. But if they do want to sell consoles, then they do need to kind of give people more of a reason, and not always kind of undersell it or or just kind of talk about no you don't need it you can buy this instead no you don't need it you can do this instead so hopefully uh, let's see you know july july is pretty uh pretty close by we'll we'll hear about it soon enough and uh, i'll continue i'll continue with like some of the other ideas that i had next week we'll also talk about the last of us part two next week hopefully i'll get through quite a bit of that game i i don't know if i'll finish the game by then there's a lot to go through i mean that game's a very very long right so I'm, I'm, i doubt i'll be done with that game and just in the weekend i will definitely try because i'm a big fan of that game I'm, i've been excited for that game for so long uh but yeah please follow me on on twitch and mixer i on demand demand i do stream quite regularly uh i just played the last of us i'll be playing a few games here and there playing some games with my friends uh playing fifa with my friend on saturday as well and once i'm done la- playing last of us part two 
uh, on my own going through the game. I'm gonna play like a hard mode or a platinum, uh, platinum casing mode thing for for the stream. So I'm gonna try to get the platinum for that game as well, which should be pretty fun. So if you want to watch me play games, stuff like that, join me on Twitch. If you have any questions, anything like that, please email me at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at amandamangames. All these links and my email, everything is going to be in the description below. All the links will be there. So thank you so much, everyone. I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of the week and I will see you next week. Bye.